Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Okay, can I get can I get security just over to the bar area? Thank you. In five, four. to episode 165 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, which happens to be our first ever live episode! We are coming to you from the Van Brunt Stillhouse in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, and with me as ever is the ass-kicking, the fantabulous Sarah D. Bunting! 10,000 pounds of fun, fun, fun! <laughs> Uh, today, we are ranking songs called Hold On. We are counting votes from our Patreon patrons, our personal rankings, and the votes of the people in this room. Yeah! <laughs> Democracy in action, motherfuckers! <laughs> now, for those of you who have listened to the show before, you might have noticed that in the past, when I have tried to explain to you the rules of how our ranking episodes work, I sometimes get really confused and tongue-tied, so for the very special live episode, I wrote the rules down! So here's how the rankings work. There are seven songs on our ballot, and we'll be going through them in alphabetical order by artist. Sarah and I will give each song a point value, with our favorite getting seven points, all the way down to our least favorite getting one point. Votes from our patrons and our live audience will also be tallied to determine additional points for each song. At the end, all those point values will be added up, and we will determine a final, legally binding, and emotionally <laughs> exhilarating ranking for the seven songs called Hold On that we're talking about today. Will there be a pod divorce? Could be. Possibly. Uh, let me preview the songs for you, just in case uh, you forgot your ballots already. Uh, we'll be discussing songs called Hold On, or some variation thereof, by Alabama Shakes, and Vogue. We may be getting a preview of how people feel about this song. <laughs> uh, spoiler warnings, please. Kansas. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. Sam and Dave. Woo! Jamie Walters. Is a person who also recorded a song. And Wilson Phillips. Now, I don't want to alarm anyone who's listening. Uh, there was actually a, a small knife fight that broke out during that portion of the show. The En Vogue people and the Kansas people are really passionate. That's what I definitely have learned tonight. Fortunately, Jamie Walters is an EMT, and he bandaged everyone right up. Thank you. So I think without further ado, let's jump into the first song that we'll be discussing, and that is Hold On by Alabama Shakes. Uh, let's hear a little clip. Yes, let's. There must be Oh, I don't 
don't usually get to see this happen. Yeah, and here's the thing, y'all think I'm just putting it on for y'all, but I'm not. Like, I have knocked shit off of my dresser. Uh, it gets intense. Now, Sarah, did you, um, how familiar were you with this one before today? Um, I was not familiar oh. with it. Well, I first came across this song when Alabama Shakes released their first album a few years ago and was making a lot of buzz in the... Uh, Best New Artist Grammy race, and you know, I'm a sucker for an award. And um, I was just so taken instantly by Brittany Howard, the lead singer, her raw ache in the way that she sings this song. And the, uh, you guys, I'm gonna really get into that. I just wanna tell you, can you come to my job? I have some people here that work with me. Can you just come to my desk and do that more thing? Um, but but what I, one of the things that I found so striking about this is that this is a song that is about someone not thinking that they're going to make it. And she's talking to herself about the need to hold on. And singing to herself in the third person, I actually find, makes the song weirdly more personal. Because it's like, I, it's like the pep talk that we give ourselves. And her voice has this ragged quality that makes me think... Oh yeah, she's giving herself this pep talk for real. And so I guess it's the what I consider to be the honesty of the storytelling that really gets to me about this one. Amen. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this seems like it was uh, really fun and meaningful to play and perform. <laughs> Don't get up, I'll fire myself. I mean, it's I don't dislike the song. Um, it, it pairs well with our whiskey-based environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you just mean like the inside of your mind when you say whiskey-based environment, right? Yes. Yeah. Not, not, not necessarily the still. Yes. Right. Um, oh, are we in public? I <laughs> um, and she is an amazing performer, and I want to hear other songs by this band, but this what this just felt a little like... This is the song that, it's the opening band, you haven't heard of them, mm. like their songs, this song starts and you're like, I actually need to pee. So that's it. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, fair enough, and I will say that although I do quite like this song and have cranked it in my car or shower or whatever, there are a lot of good songs on this list, so don't take my ranking as a sign of uh, <laughs> lack of love, but I had to put Alabama Shakes in a, I think, respectable fifth place. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of emotion going into these rankings, that's all I can say. <laughs> so they're in fifth place for me with three points. How about you? Um, this is not because I dislike the song. There were other songs I liked more. Like all of them. Y'all <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> want this job? It pays great. <laughs> anyway, it was my last play song. I know there are no losers, but one point. Wow. No, no, here's the thing. Oh, actually, I have to make sure that I'm on mic. It's like, I love that, though. Because, you know, we don't, it's not Mark and Sarah talk about consensus. <laughs> but Mark is always like, you know what I love is the conflict when we completely disagree and you're wrong. And that's <laughs> No, I, I will say that there are other people in my life that I love and may be married to who don't really like this song either. So I totally, I get it. So my pod spouse and my legal spouse are not going to join me at the Alabama Shakes concert. Well, not for this song. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, and I feel like it would be remiss if we went on without me saying hello to the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, also known as Alabama Shakes. Oh, 
theater queens. Where are you at? Actually, I know there are some theater queens because some of the people who filled out the ballot, somebody put a, a star on their ballot and was like, where's the song Hold On from Secret Garden? Oh, oh man, okay. We see you. Um, they're going up with any money. He's got some complaints as well. So the patrons who are our supporters on Patreon put this song in fourth place and gave it four points. And our members of our live audience did exactly the same, also putting the song in fourth okay. place. And um, I do want to say, too, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how you feel about this song in relationship to another R&B in, well, there are, there are three songs that seem to be coming out of a similar musical tradition, and I'm interested to see where they fall on the continuum for you, because I had to think about that a lot when I was making my choices. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like interested is not maybe the word that you mean. Oh, but, okay. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of, though... I, I um, feel that prickle of rage in the back of my throat is what you're Oh, God. About. Okay. So it's with... I'm grabbing onto this barrel. Okay. Okay. Because the next, the next, the next song, I'm just taking this piece of leather and biting it really hard. Oh wait, no, we're at a show. Sorry. Um, wrong, wrong marriage. I am. Um, <laughs> sorry. There are no children here. There are no children here. Still, that dog just ran away. It was very um, so our next song, though, I feel like honestly a little. I have it's heat. gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Is hold on by En Vogue. Let's hear a clip. <laughs> I chose the clip of this song specifically for the ad-libs at the end because when, I believe it's Maxine? Maxine? Yes! Yes! Maxine! When Maxine comes through with those ad-libs at the end, one of the things that's important to remember, chart facts. Geek facts. Coming. Chart facts. This is the very first song that En Vogue ever released. This was their debut single. I did not remember that. Yes, because you know, it's like in, in retrospect, it feels like my lovin' has always been with us. <laughs> that free, that we've been freeing our minds for as long as we can. <laughs> the rest did follow. It's true, but uh, everything they said is right on. This song actually relates to a song that we spoke about in episode 164 by Millie Vanilli, because. Yes. And Vogue, the reason at the beginning of Hold On that you hear them do a lengthy a cappella version of the Stevie Wonder song, Who's Loving You, right. yeah. is they needed to prove that En Vogue could sing. And so the whole thing with En Vogue and actually uh, Mariah Carey, too, as we talked about. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't mention En Vogue in the episode, I don't think, but Mariah. Yeah. 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 But like that whole thing that happened with women who could blow the back of a barn off with their voices was in some way a direct response to what happened with um, CNC Music Factory, like hiding the vocalist in the back, or Paula Abdul, God love her, maybe not being the finest of the singers. No. <laughs> Paula, don't, I'm so sorry. Or Red. <laughs> Yeah. She's fine. She's, she's fine. fine. She's fine. She's still making. She's still. She's still making that American Idol money. Saving your money. I don't think. So, um, the the fact that they, I feel like that the ad libs and such in this song are very conscious to be like, guess what you're listening to? Actual singing. Yeah. For sure. And it's amazing singing. Uh, do you want to give your ranking or shall I? Uh, I don't. I just wonder if you have any more thoughts though about them. Um. My my um. 
issue, if you can call it that, with this song is that the sort of um, meat of the song, which is where the clip came from that we just heard, like there's not, there is so much lead up to that, that it doesn't like get going and then stay going long enough for me. Like I want to be in mm. that um, er and vogue place mm -hmm. longer. And uh, once it takes off, like I was sort of like re-listening to this and I was like, do I even know this song? And then it takes off and you're like, oh, sure. And then it ends. And I was like, all right, I need a remix or this song needs to be rejigged. Like now that we all know that they are singing, let's, let's rejigger the proportions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's no accident that their first album was called Born to Sing, now that I think about it. But I think that that also speaks to why we actually remember My Lovin' more than we remember Hold On. Yeah, probably because they get right to the... Like, My Lovin' is point. Hold On on steroids. It's yeah. like so... And the, the, It's the, like, here's all the throat clearing subtracted. Boom. Yeah. And then you get... You, as, as much as you get the ad-libs here, you get, now it's time for a breakdown there. And that, like... Yes. vocal run that they do is incredible. Um, I want to just also note, I don't think I, I really don't think I knew this song when it was popular initially in 1990. I think I missed it. So did anybody else have that experience? Or we... Oh. Oh, yeah. You have to be old. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, hey, I was 11 years old in 1990. Damn it. But this is a song that I have discovered ex post facto and am pleased to have discovered. And was delighted by the way that it was incorporated into this season of Pose, if anybody watches that show. There is an amazing scene where all of the queens are going up to a summer house where they have a guy tied up, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, they, they jam out to this song, and it's like, and the ghost of Candy comes up in the car and sings with them, and it's really good. So all of those things, my general love of En Vogue, my general enthusiasm for New Jack Swing, Sounds. Yes. My general enthusiasm for hot ass vocal riffs yes. means that I put this song in second place. Woo! I gave it six points. Yeah. I think that's legit. I had it right in the middle. Fourth place, four points. Solid. Uh, and it's for the reasons I said, like it just like the the parts of it that I loved, like let me love you. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to love you. It, it, it didn't quite uh, let me love it. Um, but yeah, so forth. Uh, where else Where else did it fall? Well, like, the, I feel like I might know. The patrons put it in third, which gives it five points from them, and the yep. people in the room agree with me, and they put it in second place. Okay. Yes! I, okay, so if that's second place, oh shit. Okay. All right, let, shall we? Carry on. Oh, do you want to do you want to bring us to the next one? Oh, am I carrying on my wayward son? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, un uh, until I talk about dust in the wind. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to say that first of all, um, Soikus Paynut, aka Kevin Smokler, who is not here uh, with us this evening, um, definitely is with us in spirit because he got this song put on the list instead of Eddie Money's "Hold On," which is like more memorable but also more. Bad. Shittiest. <laughs> Shittiest is so about So I would like to thank it, but I was like, I'm not sure I remember this song. And then the opening, like, whatever, um, bombast fiddle started, and I was <laughs> transported back to, speaking of 1990, that's not when the song came out, but uh, it was one of three LPs my freshman roommate owned. That tracks. And, yeah, and the other two were Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> 
sit around. Wait, it was she, so it was Lion and the Cobra and I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got? And yes. Kansas' Greatest Hits. So wait, okay, wait. Wait, hold on. So if I'm correct, your roommate was really sad but got over it with pop. Um, ice hockey. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Ice hockey is the pot of sports. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or hacky sack, I guess. We would sit around in our room, like, listening on her record player, which, like, I feel like it was a play school record player. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> did it room. beep when it was time for you to turn the page to the next part of the it, book? It did not. Oh, well, more it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but we would sit around drinking Leeds vodka, which, if you're from this area, like, it is made in Edison, New Jersey, and it tastes like it. <laughs> <laughs> might actually be the waters of the Passaic. Anyway, <laughs> I was brought back to this, like, back when I um, <clears throat> was a lot less inhibited about singing in front of people. Uh, this song figured heavily in those days. Uh, so, you, wait, you would holler out, Kansas is hold on. Yeah, including, like, the really, because when he pitches up at the end, and he's just like, and that last note, like, we would have a bet as to who could. Oh, so I think now, as we move into the clip, I... I Let's just imagine no. you singing. Let, let's just let's just imagine you singing along in your uh, yes. dorm room. And here is a clip from "Hold On" by Kansas. <laughs> All just got a little high. <laughs> Contact high through. That one guy's hair, like, could like, hold so much pot smoke. It was just this, like, <laughs> pharaonic yes. thing. Um, anyway, I'm not proud of this, but it is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know what? That sounded pretty good. Yeah. You've got the muscle memory of those notes, clearly. Yeah. I just want to add, okay. So, thank you, Kevin Smoker, because I had never heard this song until this process. And I, one of the things that I, and it was a process. I mean, it was like math involved. Um, one of the things that I thought about when I was listening to this song is, if there is any person out there who loves Kansas, but says that they don't like musical theater. They need to visit themselves in a place of truth because because Kansas is musical theater. Um, that's like one Michael Crawford phantom mask away from being from like being eight shows a week, basically. And I mean that as the as the highest of compliments because when a man hits those notes, that is when I feel that my sexuality and my religion have merged. Actually, my point being, I really, really like this song. And um, when I went into this, I was like, oh, this is going to be last place because it's, I don't even know. Because yeah. it's like the Eagles, but smellier. Yeah, and I had really, I will say, I had a, I mean, it is that, but yeah. But I had a lot of received. Not a Mark Vogt-getter. I, exactly. I had, a, I had a received notion about the song that it was not a Mark Vogt-getter. Because you know I do not give an F about the Eagles, and I was like, it's the Eagles, but it isn't, it's musical theater, and that made me happy, so I put it, you might be surprised, in third place. I am. Yes. Five points to the gentleman from Kansas. Um, now, both the patrons and the folks in the room felt less passionately. Uh, 
Oh, um, word. But that is. But I will say that everybody got at least one vote from everyone. So at least at least a couple of people in this room were like Kansas. What's I up? pity you. <laughs> Maybe there's what someone is the here from with Kansas. Shit. Is there someone here from Topeka? I don't know. But um, the both of the both the patrons and the audience put the song in sixth, giving it two points. That that does clarify some other things that will be happening later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, now, Sarah, to talking about things that might not seem like they're going to be on the mark scale. I want to talk to you about songs that an artist that I feel like might not be on the Sarah scale. Sarah McLaughlin is an artist that I feel like, though I may have cried in my room <laughs> and, and actually did have... Okay, this is, I have to tell you a story. <laughs> the pen has been capped, people. So. Have, we, have we talked about the fact that there were times when I was in high school when I would write the lyrics to my favorite folk rock songs on the back of my notebooks? Yes. Okay. And do you, do you all know the story about when um, there's the Indigo Girls song Fugitive, which is about having a... Like, it's basically about the power of uh, gay love to overcome all oppression. Right? Thank you. Yes, yes. So I took the... On the back of my uh, calculus notebook, I wrote... Yeah, I was in calculus. Just when I dropped that in there. Uh, on the back of the calculus notebook in the class in which I was making an A. It doesn't matter. It's not the point. Um, but I, I wrote... AP? I wrote... I actually, we didn't... I didn't take AP. Anything? No, because my school didn't offer them. You guys, okay. Laura, am I right? That's right, Laura. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I wrote the lyrics to Fugitive in a big spiral, and then in the middle of that, I wrote, "Hate is not a family value," and I had that on the back of my calculus notebook. And I remember that this boy, Josh McGinnis. Also Daddy was a preacher. He was like, what is that supposed to what is that supposed to mean? And I was like, it means, Josh, that this is how you're supposed to treat people. And oh my god. Anyway, so I would use but I would use folk songs as a sort of like lyrical refuge from being a mostly closeted gay student in Chattanooga, Tennessee at a public school where the Fellowship of Christian Athletes put up a lot of signs in our public school hallway reminding me to love Jesus. And one time, somebody put a Bible verse in my locker because I said in class that I thought it was wrong to dismiss the study of Walt Whitman's poetry simply because he was gay. So I was trying, they were trying to morally correct me. So I needed the Indigo Girls and Sarah McLaughlin to get me through. And Laura, actually, who's here tonight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Indigo Girls, Sarah McLaughlin. So I have no um, I have no intellectual capacity to judge the music of Sarah McLachlan. Is what I'm saying. But, but all of that to set up for a second. But my guess is that you do not feel that way. But am I right or wrong? Um, I I feel like I can judge her intellectually, but I also feel like I am still irrationally resentful about the ASPCA. Should we hear a clip and then try to work through this yeah. as a family? some um, literal acting out of the lyrics. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Um, for people who are listening and couldn't see that. Yeah. Um, so I actually didn't remember the song and then it 
it feels like in the verses it's trying to like decide it's trying to come at one direction from a bunch of different directions and then it gels and I was like oh I really like this hmm yeah. oh <laughs> oh great <laughs> I'm going to seek it out specifically, but uh, I was like interested in it. I was also um, weirded out by the video. Like, you need to not watch the video because there's like a lot of there's a lot of like inappropriate smirking that I'm like, is this supposed to be ironic or is that just your face or you don't want to do this video? It's like I get it, but yeah. Anyway, it was my it was number three for me. So five. Oh, and after all my big old talk, I put it lower than you. <laughs> I put it in fourth place because Kansas snuck in there and like oh, all right. fucked my I'll shit up. Then. Oh my god, amazing. But I, I want to say, just talking about this song in particular, so it's on the album Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, which is just such a wonderful album of yes. richly layered and emotionally dense music. And, and one of the great Felicity uh, references. <laughs> <laughs> Megan. Um, and you know, this this album came out at a time when Tori Amos was really starting to make her waves. And I remember learning about Sarah McLachlan because Rolling Stone did this thing: if you like Tori Amos, you might like Falling Towards Ecstasy. And then I, like a little zombie, was like, must buy Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> Rolling Stone told me to, but then they were right. And what I find so rewarding about this album is how it manages to, I think, strike the perfect balance between lush and interesting. Because some lush music is boring as shit. Mm. But this music is beautiful and very, like, soothing, but it's also very rich and filled with a lot of uh, textual texture, so to speak. I felt like this song was aurally, like, melodically challenging. Like, yeah. I kept, felt like I kept being sort of, like, elbowed to one side. And I was like, ow, oh, the view from here is interesting. Oh, oh, we're over here. Like, that was a little, like... Um, it was off-putting, but it was also interesting. Yeah, like she's the, the structure and her of voice is great. She's in great form. So, and the structure of the song is surprising. Like the chorus keeps changing. Like it gets, it's like there's like seven choruses in the song, and there are all of these other little vocal fillips that she keeps bringing back, as though they're mm -hmm. like sound choruses in a way. And another thing, I don't know if you saw this or uh, in your research, but this song was written in response to Sarah McLaughlin seeing a documentary on Canadian television about a woman whose husband was dying of AIDS in the early 90s. And so she, so you knew, or maybe, maybe you've heard that before. Or, but so she, so the song from that perspective to me becomes incredible because she's saying, so now you're sleeping peaceful. I lie awake and pray that you will, that you'll be strong tomorrow and you'll see another day and we will praise it and love the light that brings a smile across your face. Like, Holy shit. You know, I just, it's just so beautiful. And the more that I, I have, I have never been able to think about the lyrics to that song without getting moved, thinking about it is an attempt on the part of the singer to tell someone to hold on and not give up. Don't go gently into that good night. But she's also right. saying like, I want you here and I want to celebrate you being here. It, it's, which I think is also a good thing to point out that I've been really struck in our work on this episode that hold on means a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a, there's some songs where the hold on is anxious uh, and desperate, and there are some songs where the hold on is forceful, and some songs, I, there actually aren't any songs where we're like, hold on. <laughs> you could do that. Too. Well, and there's, you know, there's one coming up that's about fucking, so that's Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So hold on to this. Please don't jump or like, please don't die. Like, um, yeah, please undress. Yeah, I got something you can hold on to right Right here. So now that we've finally talked about dicks, it's time to take our intermission, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we're going to come back at uh, 20 minutes after 9. That gives us 25 minutes. So take this time to use the restrooms, grab another cocktail, get to know your neighbors, um, or get ready to uh, make your arguments on behalf of our remaining songs. Okay, so ready. We are going to be back in. Uh, we're going to be back live recording in five, four. And you know, before we go on, I do want to point out that the patrons put Sarah McLaughlin in fifth place, which is even lower than me. But maybe they still love her too at three points. But the people here in the room agree with you, Sarah. They put Sarah McLaughlin in third place mm. with five points. Interesting. Ooh. <laughs> Um, our next hold on probably needs no introduction. I heard someone whistling it during the break. <laughs> um, with love uh, to my brother and sister-in-law, Sam and Dave, um, who my brother helped us with the sound setup um, on the front end, but couldn't be here tonight because he's doing sound for Samantha in her singing group. Uh, but we honor them with this clip. There's like, it's weird, this song is like not that much to it, and yet, like, what there is to it is all you need. Like, it's the horns, it's the, like, declaration of imminent doing it. <laughs> it's, and it's like, it's one of those, like, older songs that, um, I know I always sound like the enemy of joy when I say this, and it's like, it's only two and a half minutes, so even if you don't like it. <laughs> Um, Which is also, unfortunately, how doing it often feels, too. Yeah. <laughs> we all went to college. But some of you are like, two and a half minutes, that's about two minutes longer than I But yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here, I'm here literally all night. Yeah, I wasn't sure where this was going to end up after listening to everything, but I see from my notes here that uh, it was in second place, because it's an undisputed classic. I think it's the first one that I thought of. Huh, actually, uh, that is true. When we decided to do this list. Um, It is overplayed, but I think that's for a reason. And yeah, number two, six points. Well, the patrons agree with you. The patrons put it in second place. Here in the room, however, the song is in uh, fifth place with three points. Okay. Scandalous. Huh. I feel like that the length of that clip is about the amount of time that I need to spend with this one idea song. Yeah. No, I see that. To me, 
it's really, really awesome for like 10 seconds, and then it's the same awesome thing over and over yeah. and over again. Which is why that it's good that it's <laughs> two and a half minutes. But I feel like for me, even at two and a half minutes, I feel like this is one of those things where if you're at a club and the DJ is just playing like enough of a song to get you hype, and then he immediately goes to the next song, put that in this. Put this song in that medley, I'm totally yeah. fine. Like, if you instantly go from this into the You Can Call Me Al, burn, <laughs> like, if you do that, great. I'm, or I feel like this is in uh, those collages that they play, like, before the five o'clock whistle song. Uh, whistle <laughs> oh my god. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so true. Now I'm imagining, too, that Power if, 95, if they. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If they also brought back the Diet Coke break commercial and a hot guy was stripping off his shirt to this song, oh, I'm interested. Yeah. Hold on, I'm coming takes a different meaning, I guess, at that but point. That's a, but that's a commercial, so it's still only like 30 seconds or a minute, so <laughs> yeah. Also, I should point out that in my research, I did learn that because this song is called Hold On, I'm Coming, it apparently struggled to be played on the radio in the 60s because people thought it was prurient. It is. And it is. <laughs> like, the horns alone, like, the horns are what put it so high for me. Yeah. Horny horns. Next on our list. You didn't give your ranking, did you? Oh, wait. Did I? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I thought I had. I put Sam and Dave in sixth place and gave them two points. I would like to point out that that's not last place, and there's only two songs left. I'm aware. And Wilson Phillips is one of those songs. What's the likelihood that I mark Eric Blankenship put Wilson Phillips on last place? Slim, I'm just going to say. Slim. Um, slim, none, somewhere in there. But uh, Sarah, I wonder if, now that we've reached Jamie Walters, hold on. Finally. Could you, for those, for those of us who might not know the Jamie Walters backstory, could you give us a little bit of information about who he is and who he is to you? Hopefully now. As he refreshes his uh, restraining order. I'm joking. <laughs> Jamie Walters infamously played Ray Pruitt with one T because that's all his mama could afford. Um, on Beverly Hills 90210, his character was abusive toward Donna, and that fast basically ended Jamie Walters' entertainment career. Um, he has since become an EMT and a firefighter in Los Angeles. Not on the show 911, but just actually doing yeah, the job. Actually, literally doing it, and was a good enough sport to show up on the reboot, and I thought that was pretty funny, and he's like playing in a bar or something. <laughs> the patrons are like, oh God. Um, so I feel this like deep compassion for Jamie Walters while thinking that his um, move towards um, his move away from his C plus talent was wise as well. Um, so shall we hear a clip and then um, the the bloodletting can begin? <laughs> sure, yes. Okay. Let's do. It. Here we go. Yes. say that there is a cruel, cruel irony in the fact that I don't remember ever hearing En Vogue's exceptional song, Hold On, when I was growing up. 
but I sure as fuck do remember hearing this constricted voice, no melody having piece of shit, so many times that I actually remember things like from the verses. And I like, so how was it that I missed the end vogue hold on, but the Jamie Walters hold on haunted me like some sort of rash? Well, if you watch the show now, like they cut all, they cut a lot of his scenes out of the DVDs apparently for rights reasons. Like he wouldn't just give them up. Yeah, please. He'd be like, I don't want to hold on to this shit. Just pay me like $50 as some postage stamps. Fuck it. Can I have an IC? Like that would be fine. Also, this is like a terrible. This the production of the song is terrible. Like he couldn't have had another take or like key it down so he can reach the notes without sounding like he maybe left a couple of things in his shorts. Like it's just it's just sad. To me. Yeah, and it's it's also we it's were unfair to him. We were also talking before about the different meanings of hold on, and I think that this is the most generic of the hold ons. Yeah. It's just like hold on. So something vaguely positive happened. Yeah. Like, don't worry, I'll save you. And I'll just repeat that concept like 15 times. And I also want to bring up another irony that we have touched upon before. So back in the early days of Mastis, we spoke very quickly on the show about the two songs by Yvonne Elliman that anyone would have ever heard. Yeah. Her, her cover of uh, I Don't Know How to Love Him. Yvonne Elliman's got fans, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you know how to love her? That's right, you do know how to love her. And then, of course, her uh, If I Can't Have You from Saturday Night Fever. So I think that with this episode, now that we have spoken of the heights, How Do You Talk to an Angel, in our episode where we rank TV theme songs of the 90s, and we've spoken of this, that Jamie Walters officially becomes the male Yvonne element of this podcast. Yeah, the Eve element. Yeah. The male man. Oh, isn't that a real term as well? Um, Look, we need to rank this thing. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't actually think that this song is offensive to me in the way that some songs are just... Like, some songs are just so bad that, like, train. I just want to no. actually... I want to actually burn something down. This song, this song is not that bad. So if, if Train were here with a song called Hold On, they would probably be in last place. But they're not. So Jamie Walters, last place for me. Seventh place, one point. Um, because of... Desultory claps all around. Um, thanks to uh, Pity. Um, and also the fact that this song is not boring. It's not good, but it's not boring. Exactly. Um, it is in sixth place for me with two points, unlike the two T's that his name should have been. <laughs> well, but did not. Uh, I will say that in this matter, the patrons and the people in this room and I are all fully aligned. Yes. Jamie, boo. Kick rocks. Boo boo, you are in seventh place. Now, there are at least two people in this room who did vote for Jamie Walters, and we honor you. <laughs> We are Tara is like Don't hell Tara. fucking Tara is like I will break this bottle and twist it in your face. Pumpkin. Um, for those of you who are listening, we are very delighted to have members of the extra hot grade extended family, including Tara Ariano. 
including uh, who you might remember had sang the theme song when John Ramos yes. was a was a pinch hit guest yes, host for us. Song singer. Um, and also the Color Me Bad episode. Oh God. Yeah. And uh, Dan Rogi, who brought us the Money Can't Buy You podcast spinoff, <laughs> is here with us. Uh, Joe Reed, who has been an invaluable. Joe has been an invaluable guest on so many episodes of the show. Massy star, people. Oh, my God. And also uh, Man in Motion, St. Elmo's Fire, in the Oscar episodes. Uh, Adam Grossworth, who helped us bring the ABBA episode to life. And, again, two of our theme songwriters are here, Laura Barger and my husband, Andrew Byrne. So... We want to just wish them a special shout-out. Now, all of that has just been a way of stalling before we get to the 10-ton the tyrannosaur of this competition. In a way, well, you know what? Before we even speak, let's just play the clip from Wilson Phillips. between my emotional experience and Sarah's emotional experience <laughs> was as vast as a canyon, my friend. Was I having emotional experience? I, I feel like that was not occurring. <laughs> so Sarah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you kick us off and give us some thoughts? What I'd like to start with is some positives, like we used to do in writing workshops. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at the margin, so clean. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that you use a bubble to dot your eyes. That seems to really reflect. Okay. Is this cardstock you printed this on? It's so <laughs> China Phillips' commitment in this video is amazing. There must be some award. Like, I really feel like I can feel muscles pulling while she's fake singing to the camera. And then there's like all these sort of, um, give us more runway, like they're on the boardwalk. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this song is like, I feel like a lot of people, for a lot of people, the omnipresence of it um, helped it for them and spoke to them in some way. I have never had any use for this or Wilson Phillips. Sarah <laughs> reveals that she got a switchblade through through the airport today. She hit it in the pumpkin. Um, yeah, but I like I don't hate it. I just don't want it. <laughs> huh. So fifth. Okay. Um, okay. Do you, want, do you want your ring back? <laughs> it's not that I want my ring back. It's that I want. It's that you want me dead. I want... <laughs> it's that I just want you to release me from this impulsive behavior. Does anyone realize that I'm making this? Anyway, you guys, I really love Wilson Phillips. I don't just love this song. I love the whole, I love the first album, self-titled, and I love Shadows and Light, the second album. Like, if you want to come, if you want to come over here and talk, if you want to talk to me about album tracks, like deep cuts on the second album, like, would you fly all the way to New York 
That's a good song. You know what, y'all? Meet me outside. Okay, here's the thing. A couple of things. One, I specifically chose this clip where we hear Wendy Wilson going, no, in the background, because it's, it's such a perfect, just little, like, no. I just love it. Um, when I was, when this song was, when this song was first popular, my uncle, who, my uncle Tim, who loved Kiss and Dokken and all of these crazy ass hard metal, heavy metal bands, he liked this song, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Uncle Tim likes this song. That's legit. And I remember too that he also liked Free Your Mind. That was another oh. one that I was like, Uncle Tim and I have similar. Well, Tim's not an idiot. No, well, yeah. <laughs> it's also worth pointing out that this song and Invoke Hold On were in the top five simultaneously for a week in 1990. Oh. So that was what America got for a while was two hold ons <laughs> of equal of just beauty. But I just feel like in holds the way, on and of holds on. That's right. <laughs> And in, in the way in the way that En Vogue's Hold On was boosted by its recent appearance in Pose, obviously Wilson Phillips' Hold On boosted by its appearance at the end of Bridesmaids. Um, but for me, Wilson Phillips was never a band that had to have a comeback in Bridesmaids because they've never left my heart. I just have such a soft spot for their like bright, shiny, perfect harmonies and their like bad clothes and they're strolling down the Ventura Boulevard and I just Dark think lipstick and I just think that there's something about the the drums in this song the harmonies in this song the melody it's a perfect it's actually a perfect song it makes me so happy every time I hear it I, ne I never I never get tired of it I feel like I always want to throw on an all black outfit in the heat of the summer and walk down the beach boulevard <laughs> with them so there is truly no other choice for me but to obviously put this song in first place yeah. with seven points and carney wendy it's possible wendy lives in red hook i mean who, where is she? are you here if you are join me on we can sing some deep cuts y'all did that real good version of daniel by elton john let's sing it anyway you guys, I'm dropping, I'm dropping all my Wilson Phillips references here. Um, I've been saving these since episode one. So, definitely, definitely first place from me, fifth place from you, and then in a, by a margin that was almost laughable, that was almost like, um, like when a president, like when Reagan trounced Mondale and won like 49 states back in 84, that's the degree to which the patrons and the people in the room put Wilson Phillips also in first place. Um, look how that turned out. <laughs> Y'all wrong. So I don't actually care that much. But here's the thing. I for you. But what I am delighted by is to discover that both of us in a pinch can rock a Kansas song and be yeah. I don't even need a pinch, just a gentle <laughs> just a Okay, so while I calculate the scores, Sarah is going to vamp with you. <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't really have anything prepared for this, and I feel like I should actually be fleeing from pitchforks, torches, boiling char. Um, I did only put it in fifth place for the record. Um, I don't think that we ever talked about Wilson Phillips on the podcast, like, even in... I think we have heard the Uncle Sam story. Possibly. But I am actually surprised. This happens almost every time. We bring up an artist now that it's like, I can't believe we never talked about X before. And um, you'd think that that would stop after 165 
regular And all the singles that we do, but uh, it, like our ability to basically never run out of pop music to either enjoy or be angry at. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's pretty fun. Uh, while I'm here, okay. uh, are you ready? I am. Okay. So, in last place, with uh, with five points. <laughs> And that's only because Sarah threw him a bone. Jamie Walters. <laughs> we did. You, here's the thing. How do you talk to an angel? Apparently you don't. Not like this. <laughs> you just don't. Um, now, that, was fifth, uh, that was last place with five points. Now, all the way up at 12 points, I think, very respectable, in sixth place, Alabama Shakes. We, still, we, feel great, we still feel great love for you, Brittany Howard and clan. Uh, in fifth place with 16 points, helped no doubt by our unexpected enthusiasm, Kansas. <laughs> um, now, in a tie for third place with 17 points, so only one point above Kansas, we have both Sarah McLaughlin and Sam and Dave. Huh. And it's worth noting that I pretty much single-handedly torpedoed Sam and Dave's placement in our ranking. But that brings us to our top three. Oh, no, that was a tie. Um, second place, though. Okay, so if third place was 17 points, second place with 21 points, and vote, ladies and And then all the way up at number one with 24 points, Wilson, 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 Wilson. They earned it. <laughs> they did. Well, everyone, again, listeners and folks who are here in the room, patrons who joined us uh, to vote as well, thank you so Jamie much. Jamie Walters. Jamie Walters, the ghost of Jamie Walters. Um, and thank you again to the Van Brunt Stillhouse for being such a wonderful yes, host. I think, that, um, I think this is also a good time to say, this is a good time to say for those who are listening and those who are here, Sarah, it is truly one of the, like, absolute joys of my life to get to do this show with you and to get to share it with you guys who are so cool and so just like you're you're just such great people and you make it so much fun and it just is really means a lot so thank you with you i don't ever have to be encouraged to hold on i'm holding on tight (laughs) it's true it's all true thank you so much for being here thank you so much for listening and uh we will see you again for one of these i hope because it's really fun Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.